Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you, Alex? I'm doing good today, too. It's a good day, so I'm feeling happy about that. Yeah, definitely been riding the waves up and down throughout these uh, last several weeks, but um, yeah, today's a good one. So before we get started, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Rachel Muskies. I am based in Austin, Texas. I'm an Ayurvedic chef and an herbalist. I own a food truck called Curcuma, where my whole menu is inspired by Ayurveda and the idea that food is medicine. And I kind of did a spinoff and created a line of wellness products based on things I put on my menu. So that line of products is called Lunafixa. So I keep myself busy with all sorts of healing foods and plant medicine. That's how I usually spend my time. How did you get started in in your practice of being an Ayurvedic chef? So for me, it really started as part of my, you know, personal journey. I had a past life of, you know, I lived in New York and worked in corporate media, worked at a fancy magazine for years and experienced a lot of burnout. And through that, I started to, you know, find just anything that would help me feel a little better. It came to me through yoga and food. And so as I, you know, just started to do yoga kind of for more mental health and finding some calmness in my life, the themes of Ayurveda just kept coming up. You know, people would tell me, you know, Ayurveda is the sister science to yoga. So yoga is about movement. Ayurveda is about more of the lifestyle and food component. And so I spent some time, you know, traveling and kind of just like, you know, chasing those threads and realized that, you know, what I was living with and my was, um, you know, a lot of inflammation and hormone balance. And so as I kind of looked to Ayurveda to heal myself, I just started really deepening my practice. And, you know, similar to yoga, Ayurveda really is a practice of like showing up regularly. It's not something you just go to for a quick fix. So to me, it became a real lifestyle. And I just noticed such a huge shift in my quality of life and my experience of life. Once I really started paying attention to like where my food came from, how my body Body felt and how like I felt after eating. And um, with that, you know, I quickly realized that even though it's an ancient wisdom, it's been around for thousands of years, there's so many people who just don't either have access or awareness that it even exists. And so as I kind of was coming out of this personal journey of finding healing, I was really inspired to bring that more into the public light. And that was the beginning of my Ayurvedic food truck. But, you know, as most things, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we start to create the thing that we need. So my practice with Ayurvedic 
Ayurveda has gotten deeper as like, you know, people would ask, why is this on the menu? And I'm like, great question. Let me really figure that out. You know, so it's gotten much deeper as I have spent the last like four years really trying to curate a menu that can offer some healing to the community. Mm. So I really love hearing you say that you had this food truck and you were able to really kind of find your mission and serve the community through food. So I want to talk about food and community and what you've learned through your business and how you've unfolded into a deeper sense of being and wellness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think wellness you know, as a as a whole kind of has some challenging connotations to it. I think there's some ties to diet culture, mm. which I had gotten really caught up in, especially in my 20s. So when I really started thinking about what I wanted to offer through my menu and this healing practice was really trying to distance myself from, even though it is, you know, Ayurveda may be trending and golden milk may be trending, but really tapping into like the concepts behind it. And so, <laughs> you know, through my messaging and stuff, my truck is fully vegan and plant-based and gluten-free, I really think it's important to not associate really strongly with certain labels like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when customers come up and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can eat here. Like I'm not vegan or like I've tried this and it doesn't work. Like I'm like, this is a judgment-free zone. Everyone feels good when they eat more plants. And, you know, by you understanding what your body's constitution is, we can help you decide like what it is that you should be eating today and every day. And so, you know, along with, you know, having a menu that has different options like that, I've really tried to educate my customers, you know, making sure that my whole crew kind of can answer these questions for people who who are just in that like entry level space of like wanting to make a change, but not saying you have to be this label or that label in order to just take one step of just making it, hey, this is delicious and you're going to feel good. That's been a really important part. And about a year after I opened the truck, I started offering workshops as well. So I, you know, kind of dig in to the basics of Ayurveda and offer that community and explain to them, you know, here's a test that you can take and we go over it. Here's how to know what your constitution is. So I feel like that's a, for at least for what I'm doing, the education piece is a really important part because it becomes more intuitive when you understand the why and when, you know, habits become like you put intention behind habits, you know, when you're just like, mm -hmm. I want to feel good, then those routines become rituals. And, mm -hmm. you know, then it's like, it doesn't become that you know, deprivation. I can't eat this. It's like, no, my inner desire is saying like, I want to feel good. And now I have all the tools to feel good. I know what to put in my body. So I really try and work through, you know, just empowering my customers or my, you know, audience to understand the whys behind it and also try and make it really delicious. So it's not too hard to say no to. So your curcuma golden paste, first of all, is a hit in this house. My oldest daughter, Charlie, you met her when we were at the Eaton Hotel. She was like, mom, this picked, I had golden milk. She was raving, okay, oh. like loved it. So she makes her golden milk lattes and I've used it in like rice and chickpeas and it is truly so versatile yummy and we feel really good after eating. So I want to I, I want to pick your brain on how you came up with this specific blend and what called you to create it and offer it in this amazing tube and it can be used in multiple different ways. 
you know, when I started my food truck, I was, you know, I had golden milk, you know, in my, in like exploring Ayurveda and having lived in New York and the Bay Area. And so I'd heard of it. But when I moved to Austin, I couldn't even find a matcha latte in town. So golden milk, forget about it. No one was doing it. And so I'm like, oh, here's something that I can offer. So I knew that I wanted to put that on my menu. And so I spent, you know, a good amount of time. I was trying all different kinds of milks and, you know, blends of spices. And, and it was just like one day I like tasted it and I'm like, this is it. You know, I really haven't changed the recipe <laughs> since, you know, I've like adjusted like where my sourcing is and always trying to, you know, improve like the quality and all of that. But as far as the recipe, it was once I nailed it, it was like there. And then, you know, so I put golden milk on my menu and it was something new to Austin. And so, you know, people would come and they would ask all these questions and they're like, are you going to bottle it? Can I buy this in bulk? You know, mm. and, you know, my understanding and wanting to create a product like, you know, the ready to drink, you know, beverage businesses like very competitive. And the benefits of golden milk is when you like incorporate it into your daily life. Like when you're having turmeric every day is when you start to see the difference. So it's like, well, I don't want to just create something that people have to go out and buy, especially like in a plastic bottle. If I create something that people can put in their home and use it regularly, they'll have more of an attachment. And, you know, it kind of gives the freedom, like if you're wanting to have this as a sweetener versus more like wanting it to be in savory. So I was working with the turmeric paste and I just kept on starting to add it to things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so I wanted to just create something that people could like really have in their home. And that just so aligned, like when that option, you know, when it came into my mind of like, I can just give people what I'm already making one of those light bulb moments. And I just knew that I was like, you know, when I first did it, I just like basically scooped out my spice concentrate, put it in a mason jar. Cause like customers would just keep coming. I mean, like, how did you make this? <laughs> I tried making it at home. It was a mess. I found this recipe on goop and it just didn't work. And, you know, so I just, everything on my menu is really just comes from me, you know, crafting and doing my kitchen witchery and the, the product and my menu all comes from, you know, things I've tinkered with at home. So yeah, it was, it, it was really exciting to me to be able to like offer a product that makes turmeric both delicious and accessible because that's the thing is if it's not easy to use and it's not delicious, it's really hard to make it into a regular routine. I've just, you know, continued to kind of tinker with it to increase the shelf life and, you know, update the packaging to be more sustainable. But it's been quite the adventure of like trying to just figure out all that stuff. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't something that I was planning on doing when I first opened my truck. But, you know, I think that's part of at least my experience of being an entrepreneur is listening to what like resonates with people and adapting and kind of just like giving the people what they want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And doing what works and offering love in food form is just fantastic. And I take my hat off to you. That's absolutely wonderful. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the impact that this pandemic has had on your entrepreneurship, your food truck, and your offerings, and just like what type of soul work you've been doing to soothe the bumps in the road that may oh. have arrived. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I'm coming out of the stage of like, this is, you know, probably one of the first times I'm really, really talking about it. And it feels really good to be talking about it with you. You know, when this all, I've been running my business. So it's like the food truck, which is like every day. And then the product is shipping stuff out mm -hmm. and kind of always in this like development stage, like never really has years that I've been in business. It's never really felt like I've had just a moment of like, I don't have to think about anything. It's like, there's always something that I, that I need to be doing. But when the pandemic, 
started, especially around the food truck, as things were just, you know, those crazy days at the beginning where things, it was just becoming very aware that like everything needed to be shut down. And, you know, I had fought so hard, my inner demons, my, just my whole, all my struggle to like stay open. I was just so committed. And at the beginning when it was very clear that I needed to close my windows and be in solidarity and stay home and not encourage people to like go out, that was really hard for me. It was, it felt, I felt a lot of grief. I felt like I had worked so hard for this thing and it was taken from me. And I know that I was very aware that everyone was going through this in their own way. But for me, I was just so sad and devastated because I felt like my opportunity to succeed or fail was just like taken away. It was just like, you have to do this. You have to follow this path. And I felt really helpless and out of control. And I, you know, I did a lot of leaning into my own self-care rituals. And of course, with, you know, the health concerns, it was like, okay, I got this. I know what I need to do. So with my both Ayurvedic and herbalism background, I really just started making medicine. That was like kind of my self-soothing thing of just like making a cough syrup, making herbal remedies, elderberry syrup, giving, sending teas to my mom, just like different things like that. I'm like, what can I do? And how can I just deal with this? And the being forced to close, man, I wouldn't have chosen it, but I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the experience of like really having to pause it, you know, and at different times I considered whether or not I would ever reopen my truck if or when it became available, whether or not I wanted to continue making products whether or not I wanted to stay in, you know, Austin or the United mm. States or just like everything about my life felt like it was on the table. And I'm like, which of these pieces am I going to pick up? And through my practices of like breathwork and visualization and, you know, journaling and gratitude, I guess I haven't landed too much in a different place than I was at the beginning, but my gratitude for the life that I have has just increased so much where I like have so much more joy about the business that I have and the work that I'm doing that I don't think I would have had if I didn't have it taken away. So it's just been, you know, like the words humble surrender came up to me really early on, like that first week of the quarantine. And from that perspective, I just released, you know, like whatever happens, this is not my fault. It is out of my control. I can just flow with this mm -hmm. and support to those who I can. I can control what I do with my body, what I do with my life, how I feel, who I love on, you know, who I communicate with and then everything else. I just really surrendered to whatever was going to happen. And I, you know, through this also realized like, how do I connect with people? Like if I did have to close this business, if I couldn't ship out things, like how will I continue to connect? And so I ended up launching a like mentorship program with a dear friend of mine here in Austin. And, you know, we did this virtual women's group and it has been such an incredible outlet for me to be able to share my practices and share the things that really resonate with me and that have helped guide me on this like path of healing in both a physical, mental, and spiritual kind of way. So yeah, I mean, the quarantine really forced me to take inventory of like, how do I want to spend my time? Who is it that I want to be supporting and collaborating with? And from there, I've just kind of pivoted and adapted. And from an outside perspective, now that I've like, I just reopened the food truck, it might look like, oh, things are just back to normal, but it feels so different to me now. Like I just won't go back to the life I had before, which was just always pushing myself, never making, not really making my quality of life the priority. Mm. And now I've just like kind of integrated in more of those things so that I can enjoy this process because yeah, it's really important for me to enjoy the process of creation so that I don't know, people can taste that in my food and my products and it'll be more of a legacy if it's like I look back and say that felt really good to do and um, where it just had stopped feeling really good prior to the quarantine.
Mm, that is so wow that just moved me in so many ways thank you for sharing that and mm. and just being vulnerable in you know how things aren't always easy and things are going to hurt and really shift us into different directions and I think that it's really pivotal for folks especially those who may be entrepreneurs during this time to lean on like how can we do different be better for ourselves and also stand in solidarity as you mentioned which yeah. is so so touching. Before we wrap up, I want to touch on community and food and what you've learned about holding space for community and offering food because food is really a love offering. It's like mm-hmm. this really magical intertwining of energies. So what has you being a chef taught you about community with your customers, with your staff, and just how you show up in the world? You know, at the very beginning of my, I guess, my food journey, when I started to really care about where my food came from is when I started to see that thread of community of like, you know, joining a CSA or going to the farmer's market and like looking the person who grew your food, like looking them in the eye and having a conversation. For me, that was a big shift in like, whoa, we're connected now. And you know, when I make a meal for someone or either in my household or in my food truck, there's just such a beautiful like thread that it's like, when you think about all of the hands that have touched it, you know, or all of the energies that it has like passed through, I just love the storytelling aspect of it. And when I start to think about, you know, that especially with the with Ayurveda and like the energetics of like how food can heal you and how you can go to food to feel better and whether you're feeling inflamed or whether you're feeling anxious, you know, there's foods that you can eat that can greatly impact your experience. And so I think of food is like, this, like you said, a love offering, but in a way that's like, we can solve this. We're in it together. And, you know, even as I like cook for people that I, you know, really care about, I'm like, oh, like my best friend, she's very Vata. That's an Ayurvedic term for being um, kind of airy. We talk about the elements. And so when I want to cook for her, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to make a really delicious soup or some really grounding food and kind of, I don't know, I, maybe that's not what everyone does, but I just like love <laughs> understanding yeah. what people might need or like how people might feel in order to nourish them. And that's when people, I think actually when I was in your workshop, I think, you know, part of my mission statement is nourish the people mm. and heal the land. Mm. Those are the two things that whenever I'm in my visualizations, like those are the things that like come up for me. And so I, you know, I think it's really important to do that through my business. And I think, you know, what I've learned in the last like several weeks is like, how can I help people like nourish the people by like educating them on how to do this themselves, like how to make it into a practice, a loving practice for themselves and something that they can carry with them. Because once you understand how to nourish your body, it's just like a lifelong ritual that you're like every Mm. meal can expand on that and get you further. So yeah, that part of it has been, I don't know, the most fulfilling if when I've had people, so I'll do like these seasonal kitchery resets and I'll do a workshop and then guide people through. It's kind of like a cleanse, but you're eating throughout it. And when people come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, my skin is so much clearer. This is something I haven't been able to figure out or like my digestion, I actually feel good. It creates this bond between me and these people because now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm part of your journey. I'm part of this, you know, I've been like a, I don't know, like a conduit in this situation and, or a catalyst. And so to me, it's just people, you know, people that are connected to the food of like, who's growing it, who's making it, who's consuming it. And I just try and keep in mind that we are all connected in that way. And when I make my choices, I I think of like, how can I support my values through 
every meal that I have, you know, I always like to say, you know, vote with your fork, you know, you get to vote every four years, but you can vote with your fork three times a day. And Mm. by supporting people who are creating your food with intention or growing your food with sustainable values, we just have so much more power than I think we realize by just adapting our food choices. And I hope that, you know, my business can grow to the level where I can kind of do more of like give back when it comes to community. And there's just so many you know things about our broken food system. I think it really starts with education and access. So I really hope to be able to contribute in bigger ways at some point. But right now it's so gratifying to know that like someone, you know, will come to my food truck, eat my food, feel nourished and like just be like, I think I can eat more plants regularly. I think I can <laughs> eat like this more often. Like mm-hmm. you know, people say that all the time when they eat with me, they're like, okay, if I could eat like this all the time, I would have no problem eating plant-based or eating like this. So I hope to be able to support people on that journey or welcome them on the journey that I'm on, which is just, yeah, feeling nourished. Before we wrap up, I would love if you left an affirmation for yourself. So say you were going to listen to this a year from now, what would you say to yourself? I think I would say anything is possible, but not like it was. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.